Let's talk more optimistically about the New Jersey Devils, shall we? Because I mentioned it momentarily in the previous episode, which is their future is very bright in terms of their overall development, but let's make it a full-fledged episode, shall we? So buckle up. There's a lot to talk about. You're Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Chalky, play-by-play play announcer, and also Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. And the last few episodes, in my eyes, have been somewhat pessimistic because I talked about the New Jersey Devils' couple games from this past weekend. I talked about their loss against the Washington Capitals. I talked about their win against Montreal Canadiens. I said the common denominator, even dating back to that game against the Toronto Maple Leafs, about a week ago, I said that uh, the the one thing that all those games have in common is that the New Jersey Devils just don't know how to hold on to a lead. They are notoriously known for blowing leads. And, you know, I talked about Miles Wood and his return. You know, you, you would think that I would be optimistic about that. But I gave you guys my opinion in the last episode and also the episode before that, uh, talking about how I disagree with the New Jersey Devils bringing Miles Wood back uh, for the end of the season, as I feel as though as they should just uh, shut him down for the rest of the year. But we've talked enough about that. So here's what I want to do. I want to lighten the mood a little bit because all about the jersey.com recently released an article talking about the future for the New Jersey Devils. And they were basically talking about what I was talking about in the previous episode towards the end of it, which is I was saying that the New Jersey Devils have a very bright future. I know that the results aren't really there. It's not really doing them justice. But at the same time, the diehard New Jersey Devils fans know what this team is capable of doing next year, especially with some of the players that are up and coming, some of the players that are bound to have a comeback year, things of that nature. So once again, guys, let's brighten the mood a little bit. Let me give you guys some hope because it is game day for the New Jersey Devils as they will be taking on the Boston Bruins. So that is going to be a tough opponent for the Devils. So, you know, I don't want to talk uh, bad about them uh, for three episodes in a row. I don't want to basically just give you guys little to no hope against the Boston Bruins. I want to lighten the mood and just talk about the positive positive aspects for the New Jersey Devils. So let's get right into it. So allaboutthejersey.com started off their article by saying that, you know, this has been a complete failure in terms of on-ice results. Now, here's the thing. They're somewhat right about that. So this year, I, I don't think it was a complete failure. We were just put behind the eight ball. So we didn't anticipate for Mackenzie Blackwood to have trouble with his heel once again, which by the way, I'm not sure if I stated this in the last episode, Lindy Ruff uh, expects for Mackenzie Blackwood to get back to on ice activities starting next week. So maybe we'll see Mackenzie Blackwood when there's only like five or so games remaining in the season, but same situation with Miles Wood. I don't really uh, think it's a good idea to bring him back uh, and just, you know, risk getting him hurt again. Maybe we should just shut him down for the rest of the year. But I'll talk about that in a future episode when we have more information. But, you know, going back to what I was saying, that I, I just don't think it was a complete failure for the New Jersey Devils. We were just put behind the eight ball. We didn't anticipate Mackenzie Blackwood to get hurt. We didn't anticipate for Jonathan Bernier to get hurt. We didn't anticipate for Dougie Hamilton to be out for nearly two months. You know, we had players, including our top two uh, players like Jack Hughes and Jesper Brocko onto the COVID protocol list. So 
overall, I wouldn't say it's a complete failure. We, we were just never put in a favorable position to win. And then obviously early on in the year, we had our struggles. But, you know, when you have a completely new roster and when you're just trying to incorporate new guys and, you know, Jack Hughes being out for an extended period of time didn't help things either. So Jack Hughes, uh, aside from Jesper Brat, is one of our best players. And I'm not trying to say that Hughes is a one-man show, but at the same time, he does play a major uh, factor in our success. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But at the same time, I felt as though Jesper Brat did a decent job of, you know, keeping us afloat because if it wasn't for Jesper Brat, we'd definitely be competing for the lottery right now. We'd be competing for the first overall selection in this year's NHL draft if Jesper Brat also went down with Jack Hughes. But, you know, obviously that didn't happen. But at the same time, guys, you know, Jack Hughes, Jesper Brat, and Nico Heizer, uh, they're definitely uh, starting to bloom in terms of their overall development at the NHL level. So the one question mark I have is for Jesper Brat, which is we expect this from Jack Hughes and Nico Heizer. That's what we've been expecting since they are both former first overall picks. But for Jesper Brat, the expectations for him weren't relatively high. Like coming into the season, you know, I expected Jesper Brat to be a top six player. I expected him to contribute, but I did not anticipate for him to be somewhat of a borderline all-star and then we're talking about him being one of the more underrated players in the NHL. I did not anticipate that at all. If you were to tell me that at the beginning of the season, I would just say, mm, that's a bit of a stretch. But nonetheless, Jesper Brat is here, and he definitely deserves that extension with the New Jersey Devils. But the main question mark I have going forward is that, you know, can he, uh, you know, keep up this momentum? Can he keep up this consistency? So that's the one X factor I have in terms of our big three, if you want to call it our young, 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 inexperienced big three. You know, can Hughes, Brat, and Heizer remain that consistency? Because I know I can expect it from Hughes and Heizer because that's what we've come to expect from them. But for Brat, that's the one question mark I have. But nonetheless, guys, I don't think this season was a complete failure for the New Jersey Devils. I just think we were put behind the eight ball and we were put in an unfavorable position. So yes, we blow leads. Sometimes we lose games that we have no business losing, like that game against the Arizona Coyotes like a month or two ago. I was just like, there is no reason the New Jersey Devils should have lost that game in the first place. But, you know, we're able to compete with the Colorado Avalanche. We're able to compete with the Pittsburgh uh, Penguins. We were able to compete with the Florida Panthers. We were able to uh, compete with the Carolina Hurricanes. So, you know, we were able to come away with some upset victories. And remember, uh, more recently, the New York Rangers as well, because uh, we always play the Rangers close. However, they always come out victorious more times than not, and usually it's decided by a goal or two, or maybe the New Jersey Devils completely fumbled the bag on a defensive uh, play and just had a lapse, or maybe they just didn't capitalize offensively. There's so many factors that go into those games against the Rangers, but I was so glad in our more recent game against the Rangers that we were able to come out victorious and score all those goals, and we scored five goals in, in one period, and usually the second period is not our period, but we made it our period. So, Overall, you know, all about the jersey.com did talk about uh, our, I guess, quote unquote, young big three of Hughes, Brad, and Heizer. So the future is bright for the Devils. That's who we're rebuilding around. Th those are our players moving forward, mainly with Hughes and Heizer, because I have more faith that they're going to keep up this consistency. They're going to keep up uh, this overall production because both of them are, you know, now all stars because Heizer was an all star a couple years ago and then uh, Hughes was an all star this past uh, season. So, 
I, I have the utmost faith that uh, Heijer and, and Hughes could keep up this consistency, but I'm just curious to see what Brock could potentially do in the future. But here's something that you guys can remain optimistic about. He's leading our team in points by a decent margin. So he has 65 points and in second place is Jack Hughes with 54. And then he's also leading our, our team in assists with 43 and Hughes has 30. The only category in terms of scoring that Brock does not have the lead in is goals because uh, Hughes recently surpassed him. Hughes has 24, Brock has 22. So once again, curious to see what Jesper Brock could do in the future. If he is able to build off of this season, then the league should definitely be put on notice because he is heavily underrated this year. But if he's able to come back with a statement next year, then guess what? I don't think it'll be out of the ordinary for uh, us to be discussing Jesper Brock to be a multi-time All-Star in the future. And I think he could punch his ticket to next year's All-Star game. We'll see what happens. But like I said, heavily underrated. Now, here's something that All About the Jersey uh, also talked about. You know, they talked about the disappointing season that the New Jersey Devils are having, but they also talked about some players that were kind of struggling. So they talked about Ty Smith, the goalie situation, and Dougie Hamilton. So, okay, the goalie situation, we've talked enough about. I won't talk about it until I absolutely have to talk about it. And then for Ty Smith, we already know uh, the decline that he's had uh, this season. It's a complete far cry from what he did in his rookie year last year. And now for Dougie Hamilton. See, this is, uh, you know... An interesting topic to talk about because, you know, I talked to Christy Flannery of the Hockey Writers just recently and she talked about how, uh, you know, how she feels about Dougie Hamilton and the overall length of his contract. And look, guys, I get it. Uh, it's easy to point fingers and just say that Dougie Hamilton might not be worth that huge contract that we gave him this past summer. But the one thing I'm going to say is that you got to factor in that he did have surgery on his face this year and that put him behind a couple months because he was sidelined for a long period of time. So before we jump the gun and just uh, say that Dougie Hamilton is going to be a bust and that he's not going to uh, amount to the huge contract that we gave him because this year he has appeared in 46 games. He has nine goals, 18 assists for a grand total of 27 points and has a plus minus of negative nine. So here's the thing. When we compare his stats to last year in his final season with the Carolina Hurricanes, um, he appeared in 55 games. He had 10 goals, 32 assists for a grand total of 42 points. And he had a plus minus of plus 20. And the season before, he had a plus minus of plus 30. And now he's gone from that to having a minus nine. So once again, it's easy to point fingers at Dougie Hamilton and just say that he is completely fallen off to what he did last year. He is not worth this long contract. This is going to be a long few years. Or quite honestly, it could be possible that uh, after he plays three years with New Jersey Devils, they look to move him. That's what I've been hearing because, you know, he spent three seasons with the Hurricanes. He spent three seasons with the Bruins. He spent three seasons with the Flames. So could we get that deja vu kind of vibe after he completes his third season with the Devils? Maybe he'll be out the door. Look, that that's way too far down the line to even think about. But for right now, for this specific season for Dougie Hamilton, I don't think he's been a disappointment, but similar to the New Jersey Devils this season, what's the one thing I've been saying? I've been saying that they've been put behind the eight ball. So Dougie Hamilton was put behind back in early January when he suffered a facial fracture, had to get surgery, and was sidelined for nearly two months. So, you know, wouldn't you be behind if you were thrown into the fire once again because he was just put into an unfavorable situation that he couldn't control because he couldn't control getting hurt and then he had to get surgery and then... Like I said, he was out for an extended period of time, so that definitely did put him behind in terms of the overall development that we expected from him. So I'm not going to sit here and just say that Dougie Hamilton, um, you know, is having a disappointing year. Look, I get that, but 
it's kind of expected after he suffered that facial fracture because what's the one thing I said in a more recent episode? There is no such thing as a minor surgery. And I get that Dougie Hamilton suffering a facial fracture. Maybe that's not as major as maybe getting your arm or your leg or your knee done. But at the same time, it's still surgery and that's going to put you behind. That's why you got to rehab. That's why you're out for an extended period of time. So once again, I fully believe that Dougie Hamilton come next year or the year after that, he'll be in the running for the Norris Trophy. I genuinely, genuinely, genuinely believe that. I get that this season is a complete far cry from what he did last year. He was tops in the Norris Trophy voting. He didn't win it. He lost it to Alan Fox. But I fully believe that at some point during his seven-year uh, stint with the Devils, if all goes well, I think he can potentially win a Norris Trophy and put us over the hump. Because I feel as though him, Ryan Graves, Jonas Siegenthaler, and also Damon Severson, they're building something quite decent with our blue line. And wait until we get Luke Hughes, who we'll talk about a little later in this episode. Because I think there's something, you know, quite intriguing about our overall defensive structure we just got to put it together so that's the one thing I, I i say about our defense guys is it the most consistent defense out in the nhl absolutely 100 no but is it interesting yes it's one of the reasons why i want to bring pk suban back and then maybe look to move ty smith because you know you got pk suban a former norris trophy winner maybe he can be a mentor towards dougie hamilton because dougie hamilton is striving to win a norris trophy so i think we have something very interesting with our defense we just got to put it together and I fully believe that we'll do it maybe next year the season after but we got something brewing with our defense and we got Siegenthaler back next year we obviously got Dougie Hamilton back for a long period of time then we got um, uh, Jonas Siegenthaler he's coming back next year and then maybe uh, Tom Fitzgerald will bring back PK Subban for a much cheaper deal but overall uh, I I think our defense is uh, heavily underrated but at the same time it deserves to be underrated if that makes sense it's just because we haven't really performed up to par we haven't really helped out our goalies in some circumstances but at the same time guys I think we got something special we just got to put it together and once we put it together especially with what Ryan Graves could do what Jonas Siegethal can do what Damon Severson has been doing on the offensive side of things and just doing a boatload of scoring for our defense I think the New Jersey Devils definitely have something special but like I said we just got to find that spark so that way the fire can can start if that makes sense but before we continue it's time for the first and only live read this morning and it comes from our friends at Built Bar so this is a time of year that I pretty much have given up on all my New Year's resolutions but not this year I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar it almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them have you ever tried the puffs if you haven't you're missing out on Built Bar's best tasting protein bars Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, and they're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good. These are going to be your new favorite flavors. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, Puffs included. 100% real chocolate, low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to built.com, scroll down to the macros chart, and you'll be blown away. High protein, low calorie, high fiber, low carb. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. They have so many delicious flavors, including mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new this month, white chocolate, cookies, and cream. They are all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. If you think a flavor might be good, they'll make it, and it'll be delicious, and it'll be good for you. I don't know how they do it, but somehow uh, and some way, Built Bar is always able to, to just come through. So the offer is go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 50% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. 
Before we talk about the younger Hughes brother, let's still uh, talk about the middle one because I have to share something interesting with you guys. So according to Corey Mastek of The Athletic, he formerly used to write for the New Jersey Devils. Now he covers the San Jose Sharks, but he still shows love to the Devils now and again. So he tweeted this out recently. He said he was looking at something else and stumbled upon this. Jack Hughes is up to 1.14 points per game in his age 20 season. How many guys in the past 30 years have had a 1.10 plus per game at 20 or younger? He tweeted out the names, McDavid, Stamkos twice, Crosby three times, Ovechkin, Lindros twice, and Yager. So here's the thing. That's a league company for Jack Hughes to be in, and it should be no surprise that uh, Jack Hughes is averaging over a point per game this season. And it's just amazing, and it just um, you know mesmerizes me as to what could have potentially have happened had Jack Hughes not gotten hurt the second game of the year. But better that this has happened uh, early on in the year as compared to now. But Jack Hughes has a lot of momentum going his way, and I'm excited to see what he does uh, come next year. Now, let's talk about his brother, Luke Hughes. It's someone that I haven't really talked about on the show because we, we, we're not going to get Luke Hughes for a good while. We're, we're not getting him next year because I think he's fully uh, dedicated to the University of Michigan for at least two seasons. But Luke Hughes is having one hell of a year at U of M in Ann Arbor because here's the thing, guys. Uh, Luke Hughes was recently named co-freshman of the year in the Big Ten. And this year, Luke Hughes has put up 39 points in 40 game appearances, and he has a plus-minus of plus 28. He has 17 goals and 22 assists. No, he is not like his brother. He is not a forward. He is a defenseman. He plays the game two ways. He still has to work on the defensive side of things, but I am so excited to see what Luke Hughes brings to this organization when he signs his entry-level deal with the New Jersey Devils. I'm really looking forward to it because someone by the name of Byron Batter tweeted this out. He said that Luke Hughes' star probability has increased from 10% to now 60%, and his NHLer probabilities increased from 62% to 86% after his freshman year with the Wolverines of the University of Michigan. So once again, guys, Luke Hughes, uh, I'm really excited to see what this kid could potentially do. It's going to be a scary duo of him on the blue line and his brother running and gutting and helping out the forwards around him. I'm really looking forward to seeing what uh, they they could potentially do for the New Jersey Devils with years to come. And uh, like I told you guys, it's not out of the realm of possibilities to get Quinn Hughes to join the organization. However, we're going to have to wait a few few more years when he becomes an unrestricted free agent. But if all goes well with Luke Hughes, if he's on the same trajectory as he is uh, on currently, because like I said, he's doing really well at the University of Michigan. So if he's able to translate that into the NHL, then I don't see any reason why the New Jersey Devils won't give him a huge contract after a year or two if he plays at the NHL level and and is able to reach that success. So uh, and then you you know you got his uh, older brother Jack who is signed long term. So once again, it is possible that once uh, Quinn Hughes becomes an unrestricted free agent, then maybe the Devils can convince him to sign over uh, to the Devils and just team up with uh, both his brothers. And then you got the Hughes trio brothers out there. Like I said, not trying to give you guys any false hope. And the reason I haven't really been talking about Luke Hughes is because, like I said, I think he's committed to playing at least two seasons with the University of Michigan Wolverines. But we'll see what happens. I don't think uh, there's any convincing him out of maybe uh, just foregoing the rest of his college eligibility because right now the Wolverines are participating in the Frozen Four and uh, here's the thing. They are building a dynasty out there at U of M. I talked to one of their players, 
during the offseason by the name of Jack Summers. You know, he said that everybody was just big on running it back and just playing on the team once again. That's why, you know, you see Owen Power, Matt Beneers, Luke Hughes just, you know, not in a rush to sign their entry-level deals quite yet. For right now, they're just focused on just trying to uh, bring home a national title to Ann Arbor. So that's what their main focus is. And then they'll try to translate that to the NHL level. And I have respect for them for doing so. And uh, like I said, you know, they're they're just trying to run it back and build something special. But we'll see what happens with uh, Owen Power and Matt Beneers if nothing has already happened. But I know the situation for uh, Luke Hughes, which is he has not signed his entry-level deal. And it seems like he's focused on uh, playing at least two seasons up in Ann Arbor. So we'll see what happens. But overall, guys, just trying to get you guys excited about Luke Hughes. But at the same time, I'm just trying to you know tell you it's still going to be a while before we see him in a Devils uniform. And hopefully, I'm fingers crossed that he's able to just reach that star probability uh, like I saw in that more recent tweet. So we'll see what happens. But another player that I want to talk about is Alexander Holtz because he's been lighting it up in Utica. And I am more than excited to see him potentially play alongside with Nico Heizer in the top six for the New Jersey Devils. So here's the thing about Alexander Holtz. We know what he's capable of doing. However, in the few games that he's played at the NHL level this season, he hasn't really been able to showcase his talents, but it's there because you see him doing the same thing for Utica, what he was able to do in Sweden. So uh, the potential is there, the growth is there, but the situation wasn't there for Alexander Holtz this year, or at least an ideal one. We kind of just put him in the fire. We put him wherever we could possibly fit him. And unfortunately, it just didn't work out and was just unfair to him and his overall development because he wasn't able to get into a groove. He looked lost out there at times and it just looked like he had trouble fitting in. But I fully anticipate once we carve out a bigger role for him come next year once we move Dawson Mercer around because right now we're moving Mercer to a winger position and I feel like that's a a, a better situation for Mercer just so he's not like running the third or, or the bottom six by himself on a sole line. I feel as though putting Mercer on a winger position, especially with either Heizer or Hughes, can definitely help benefit him. And and that's just the situation that Alexander Holtz kind of needs because he needs to be able to find a position in which he's able to just fit in so that way uh, we're not wasting his talent. But the talent is there, the development is there, and I'm excited to see what Alexander Holtz could uh, potentially do once again because I feel as though he is uh, definitely all-star capable. He has a nasty sniper, and I feel as though uh, the New Jersey Devils have definitely struck gold with Holtz because we saw how special he was during the course of preseason. I said, you know, it's quite possible that both he and Mercer would have gotten the final roster spots. Unfortunately, the Devils felt as though Mercer was more ready than uh, Holtz, and they wanted to give Holtz uh, opportunities on special teams. Unfortunately, it couldn't come at the NHL level, and this season, he was just better suited in Utica, and quite honestly, I, I can't argue that because I said either Mercer or Holtz will make the final roster spot, and then one of them is going to light it up in Utica, and then it's it's not going to harm their development, and then ultimately, we have a ready player for next year and just adds more uh, options to our to our line combinations and he ranks second to Jack Quinn for top 15 AHL rookies in game score per game played you have to play in a minimum of 25 games and Holtz has played in 38 and his game scored per uh, games played is 1.04 so his development is definitely heading in the right direction I'm excited to see what he does next year because I fully anticipate for him to make the roster be a full-time player and play in his official 
rookie year and then uh, put his name into the running for the Calder Memorial Trophy race. But anything can happen for the Devils come next year. And like I told you guys, I wanted to keep this episode lively. I wanted to keep it optimistic. And uh, let me know what you guys think about the overall development for the New Jersey Devils because I talked briefly about it in yesterday's episode in the final segment. And now I decided to make it a full-fledged episode basically to shine some light and just, you know, create some positivity and just you know, uh, give you guys some hope moving forward for the Devils organization because their record doesn't do them justice, but we know what they're capable of doing come next year. So let me know what you guys think about the overall development. And once again, guys, I have now surpassed 100 subscribers. So a deal is a deal. Keep an eye out for an upcoming giveaway just to show my token of appreciation for your guys' support. And let's continue to grow Locked On Devils on YouTube and leave a comment down below as to what you think about uh, the overall development for the Devils. And uh, if you're listening on a podcast streaming service, hit me up on Twitter at FreyMat4 or the show's Twitter uh, page at LockedOnDevils. And just to give you guys an FYI, I will be traveling uh, when this episode goes live. I'll actually be getting ready for a flight to go to uh, New Orleans, Louisiana to uh, to go to the Final Four. So I'm looking forward to that. But I do want to give you guys a disclaimer. You know, I, I will be staying in an Airbnb, so the Wi-Fi might be uh, more secure and more up-to-date compared to a hotel Wi-Fi because I remember I was in Vegas and the Wi-Fi was very spotty. I couldn't upload anything to YouTube. I was able to upload you know, to the podcast streaming service, but not to YouTube. So once again, just giving you guys that uh, warning that I am traveling once again. So we'll see what happens. But as for today's episode, that's all the time I have for you guys. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. And I'll catch you guys in the next episode. And if you see me in Louisiana, uh, drop by and say hi. Once again, going to the Final Four. Looking forward to it. So I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening.